What up, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Podcasts and Players. And today's guest, you might know from his D&D Monster Pokefusions videos or his D&D animated stories like Seducing Monstrosities, which was a pretty awesome viral hit, if I do say so myself, I think it's awesome. He's an absolutely amazing digital artist and a super nice person. Please welcome the one, the only, Just Jackdaw. Hey, how's it going? I'll, I'll be getting out more these stories eventually hopefully so you know it's just listen this is a safe place we don't pressure our guests we don't pressure the guests however uh you know clocks are ticking all right clocks are ticking where is it at god i'm one to talk i've people have been waiting oh yeah my sister is very much on on my case about like when is it out where when when i'll post a video and like the next day is like when is it out But yeah, that's um, a supportive family member. That's nice. Oh yeah, it's good. But but yours too. Yours are such quality too, and like you put a lot of effort into like your your videos, and like we don't we don't hound. This is a safe space. Thank you. That was really. But when's your next one out? Oh, wait, wait, by the way, when's it coming out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just it's I don't I would never pressure anybody, especially considering how long I take on my stuff. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, because it's hard. I mean, like. People, people are like, people can see the video in like five minutes, but in yeah. reality, it takes like days, weeks, months, whatever, like to, uh, you know, it, and a lot of us, we don't, you know, we don't make a living off of it. So it's no, like, no, it's, it's a not, side thing. It's very much a side thing. And, and the thing is like, if I cared more about the algorithm, if I wanted to start making a living off it, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing like this, what I'm making is not no, YouTube friendly God. at all. <laughs> not at all. Like it I mean, yes, some like uh YouTube and like oh yes YouTube animations, like the story time animations type thing, like yes, like you can go viral with those, but it's hard, man. <laughs> it's like very hard. Yeah, you, you and, gotta get it's it's definitely a, a factor of luck and a factor of just like I don't know, you gotta tap into something. And we don't, you know, it's like uh, drilling for oil. Like, you never know when you're going to strike gold. Right. And, but that's not really the point. I think the the point is that you're just having fun doing what, if you're, if you're trying to chase the YouTube algorithm, uh, it'd be, it's going to be pretty difficult. Yeah. I mean, I, well, that's the thing. A lot of those channels, like, will be trend chasers, right? And then they'll make a bunch of Minecraft videos. And then that falls off the wayside. No one's watching that anymore. So they have to kind of change what they're doing. Yeah. I feel like by the time that you see the trend happening, it's already too late. <laughs> it's already kind of not to be like a downer, but like it's like uh, it's probably on the way out at that point. Yeah, yeah, and even this, like, I, I know that like D and D stuff is growing right now, and so this is sort of 
in a way us catching a wave but i mean even if it wasn't i'd still be making this content even if like no one's watching i want to make it you know yeah because it's it's mostly just sort of a way to like tell stories in a in a fun fantastical way that's not i feel like my actual life is like relatively boring i don't think i would be able to come up with enough like (laughs) (laughs) which is good i'm thankful for it you know, I don't, I don't want my life to like be constant drama and like I don't know. Yeah, but and I can talk about the drama in D D terms. I think that's the that's a healthy amount of like way to like, you know, unwind and deconstruct stories like that instead of stressing out about real life events. Right. Yeah. For sure. I honestly like I have D D or I'm sorry, I have lifetime stories I could do. Man, I've got all these video day ideas, but anything I do is going to take away from this big series I work on. And so it's like, I really have to, this, this podcast is the exception because it's talking and I don't have to animate anything. I just have to like draw a head, <laughs> you, you know, do a thumbnail, a thumbnail and you a head. You gotta make sure that then- thumbnail is exquisite i gotta spend like three hours editing the audio and making sure it sounds good taking out our uhs and ums which will oh god I, you know, I always hate doing that it's fine it's fine those are okay i don't take them all out i just reduce them so that they're not like oh no you, seeing behind the curtain it's like all those things that all those ums let me just throw in some a lot of um, um yep yes um <laughs> just despite the I've joked, I've joked about that before, just taking them all and not deleting them, but separating them so I could have like a compilation of us oh, and ums. Oh, gosh. That'd be, for, that's for something one of those I think the world YouTube is not ready poops. for. You know, you can just put on your channel, <laughs> compilation of all your guests' ums, all in one, one hour video. Oh, man, I, I wish I wasn't so, uh, you know, not lazy, but my mind just kind of can't focus on stuff that i'm not super duper interested in and i already have like a tough time sitting down and focusing on on the things in my animation that are like really tedious like right now i'm adding spider webs to backgrounds like easy sure tedious yes very tedious i don't like i'm not enjoying it what, i'm just like kinda... all right i gotta hit here and hit here and uh... is there is there context to the scene or is it just it's like a there dusty spider web to add everywhere it's got to have lots okay. of spider webs otherwise it won't look like an old attic you know nice um and so this classic like it's almost like the the corner suns of like you know uh of drawing spider webs are kind of fun to make they're just kind of like well, after you make your 50th one, they're not as fun, but like. <laughs> yeah, it's not even it's not even that not fun, I guess. It's just I'm impatient. I just want to be done. You know, like I've been working on this Fair. on and off, not constant, like just on and off because I've had other side projects I worked on. Like I did a Q&A video and I did like uh, a thing for Aiden in his collab. It's like a five minute thing that's not even on my channel. Like I worked on that for like a month and a half. So every time I do a side thing, I'm not working on the other thing and now I'll... oh god i feel that so much oh yeah it's because i you know i mean a lot of my bread and butter is commissions and like doing freelance work and uh usually it's commissions for for companies um i don't do a lot of um you know single commissions from people i'm sorry i know a lot of people ask about that but i i usually don't <laughs> well companies pay um, a lot more than individuals i bet Right. Well, usually it's like a one, it's a big project and it's just like, you know, a one and done thing where it's like, I can do this 
you know, and it's, you know, one, you know, one big check at the end and I can just power through it. Uh, do you do any work for like wizards? I've applied to wizards before, but I, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. I don't think. <laughs> That's nuts to me. Cause you have um, some amazing skills. Oh, thank you. I don't, I don't know what it takes to, to, uh, to get into wizards, I don't know if you have to like know a guy or like maybe I, I you have to know. like shine Chris Perkins's beautiful chrome head. <laughs> I don't um, know how how any of that industry works because like it could just be they have a ton of artists already, and so I think so. I mean, ones. it's 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 one of the more illustrious um, freelance, you know, kind of like this. This is where you know you've made it type jobs. Uh, right. If you, if you you know, get commissioned by like wizards and stuff. Like they, they, they are they, lush. Oh, <laughs> they treat yeah. their artists right. They could get a new up and coming artist to do a cover, or they can just get Wayne Reynolds again. And like Wayne Reynolds yeah. is a really good artist, so they just have him make all these covers and make yeah, all these. Yeah, and, and I and I get that. So it's like, um, so like maybe eventually, but I'm not holding my breath. So it's all I mean, good. you'll get. I think you'll get there. I, I want to ask, like, where, like. Where, in in a very loose sense, did you acquire your skills? Did you make a blood sacrifice in exchange for a dark gift of illustration? Like, how did that work? Uh, no, it's just, like, no one wants to hear it, and a lot of, like, artists get frustrated, but, like, it, it's just, like, a buildup of a lot of time dedicated to just drawing. Boo! <laughs> I, I want a secret tip or trick that'll get me to where you're at. Alright, alright, you want the you want the cinch. Alright, so you go down this alley, there's this man named Tony. He's gonna give you the goods. You're gonna <laughs> be able to draw like, you know, like Picasso. Yeah, you right? gotta you gotta sleep with this orb for like a month. And then <laughs> then you'll have this the, the skills to get the goods. You get you get the skills to pay the bills, all right. You don't need to go no bar to college, all right. You tell me. <laughs> so, all right. Did you but, go to school for like art, or is this all like um, self-taught stuff? Well, I did go to a state school. Um, I I got a degree, um, like, uh, digital media, which was you know mostly just you know like graphic design with a little bit of three D, uh, animation thrown in there, and some and some weirdly some game design thrown in there as well. But like, um, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, I did pick up a little bit of art skills in college, I guess, but I honestly, like, um, like so long as you're motivated, I feel like there's some really great online tutorials out there and really great, like online programs. So especially during this COVID stuff, um, not to date this video, but Maybe look into those instead of, you know, going back to school. I don't It's know. okay. You can date this because, like, this podcast came out right at the beginning of 2020, which is the year of COVID. So, it's this first it's, year is going to be a COVID year. It's, it's totally going to be, like, yeah, the year of COVID. Um, 2020, but, I, did I survive? I don't know yet. We'll see in a few months. The year's not over. Um, but, what, yeah. Um, like, what resources could you recommend for, um, you know, philistines uncultured swine like myself who don't know how to draw um i mean if you want the the real download cheap there is like you know crazy amount of youtube content dedicated to just learning like getting your feet wet with digital art um 
oh gosh, I'll probably, I'll maybe provide you some links to put in the bottom of your video for people because um, they're not coming <laughs> coming to me immediately. <laughs> but um, definitely, like, there's some gum roads from artists uh, if you wanted to, like, pay for some tutorials. They're really great. Um, like, for example, Robot Pencil has a whole series that he does. He also has a full and robot pencil is also goes by Anthony Jones. He works um as a concept artist for a lot like Sony Sony Entertainment, I think right now. Um but he does mostly freelance work. His work is gorgeous. Um and I followed a lot of his tutorials um just because I love the way he explains things. Um he's very casual. Um but like honestly, if you uh, if you enjoy some artist work, just kind of like check out to see if they've got tutorials. Sometimes they do. I don't because I'm very bad at explaining things. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, it's it's weird. Also, I guess one of the download tips to keep in mind is to use reference. I'm going to smack people if they don't use reference because they feel embarrassed or something because that's stupid and all artists use reference. Like you will, you will go on their Twitch streams and see that they've got, you know, no matter who it is, they've got reference up usually. Um, yeah. I don't know who's against references. I think people are mostly like, oh, tracing's bad. And I don't know. Like... Tracing in the early stages, when you're still trying to like grow as an artist, it tell it shows you like by tracing you learn line curves, like how they're supposed to be shaped on a certain angle of a of an object or a person. You learn proportions a little bit better that way. Like tracing can yeah, be really it's... helpful for getting your feet wet, and then eventually you can use references and just kind of you know, it's like yeah, exactly flying well, think, from the nest. I think uh, at least early on, like. Sometimes you you hear like young artists like feel embarrassed to use reference because it's like cheating, where they feel like they it should just come you know out of your mind like fully formed. Even like professional artists are able to like you know like ah I can I can visualize this perfectly. I know exactly the way I don't know a dog's muzzle looks or something. Right, and yeah. it's like no. I can maybe approximate what it looks like, but sometimes I don't know 100%. And, and until you, like, build up that visual library in your brain, um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so. Right. Like, I'm I'm drawing a crow, or a raven, rather, for my series, but I had to use a lot of references to learn how their beaks are shaped, how their bodies are shaped, the wing shape, and when it's folded in, when it's folded out, how they fly, where the, what their tails look like. Their feet and yeah. the angles that their legs are, are in when they're just like standing normally and walking around like all that stuff. Like I didn't just intuitively know I don't own a raven, you know, like I can't just exactly. look at my raven. <laughs> I had to go online. Uh, yes, and... let, me let me bring up my raven. It's like right here. <laughs> I had to look at tutorials and go online. And now I can make a decent raven from memory. It's not going to look one to one, but you'll tell you can tell like when you look at it. Oh, that's a raven. Or something yeah, like exactly. that, COVID or Corvid, not COVID. <laughs> COVIDs, um, but yeah, like uh, it's, it gets a, it gets a lot easier over time, and it it's kind of the rule of a hundred. It's like if you do a hundred of something, 
you're gonna the hundredth one is gonna look a lot better even than your first. So right. yeah, I, I mean, I I even look at like my spectator that I've drawn like so many times now, and like the ones that I draw now look a lot better than the ones that I were initially drawing for the channel. So at least to yeah. me, at least. Well, yeah, anyway. I mean, well, you've developed your style with that with that character and their proportions and stuff. Um, I did that too. I mean, you can look at the first episode of the Peace Guild, and it's like, like the proportions of the eyes and like, uh, you know, people's heads and stuff. Like they're changing pretty rapidly. Like just because I've spent so much time drawing these characters, and I'm learning, like, okay, I I have these tendencies to make the heads too big or to make the eyes too large on the face or not spaced right or not even. So like, I've you know, over time my drawings get better and like it's not like they're more realistic in the sense of like realism i'm not i'm a cartoonist but like they're more consistent which is something that i've always struggled with as an artist oh yeah consistency. it's like <laughs> well that's that's the problem with like style evolution is that sometimes like when you begin a project and you're not really sure how to like draw a certain thing and then by the end of the project, it looks completely different, and it can be it's like those web comics. You can see like an artist change and grow. Oh yeah! Um, in the interim of making a thing, which sometimes is, which they're is cool. not even necessarily like better, but they're just more refined. They're they're, right. they're like streamlined in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And they just yeah. got more efficient machine of making a thing. For it sure. shows like you've you've improved a lot. Mm. Heck yeah! Thank you. I've, you know, I, I've, I've been used you, your, your, uh, Polka Fusions videos for a, a lot of inspiration. Um, and I want to ask what led you to making videos on YouTube? Um, I think it was just kind of an impulse thing. It was just like, uh, I really, so I think it was a combination of things. Um, mostly dingo and like puffin and them and seeing them do uh D stuff but i was coming back uh into D after a long time of not being able to play not having anyone to play with and uh so i was doing online D at the time and i was just like man i've got i've got some funny stories i kind of want to like try this out it seems fun i don't know I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, okay, here, here we go. Let's try this out. So, I mean, I, <laughs> and I was also kind of like uh, at a very sad time in my life as well where um, like I, I had to move back in with my parents because I struggled finding work um, after college. Um, I had like, you know, I'd taken a job uh working in a graphic design studio but it was it was okay um and i was just like i just i just want to do some art you know for me and do something fun and like finally just like you know as as an almost like an escapism thing um and i i was just like right. okay let's do i don't care where this goes i'm just kind of doing this to like you know as a fun side project and i don't know it's it's still fun to do sometimes. <laughs> I've en I've enjoyed where it's sort of gone and like I've been able to like interact with cool peeps like yourself and like 
meet people in in the community and and all of the D D community. It's like a awesome I gotta say, I think that's my favorite part is that like it connects a lot of people because people see videos and they're like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan of your videos. And then like suddenly you're talking to this person and you find out, wow, yeah, they're, they're person. a person. <laughs> like, you know, it, it really humanizes everybody and you're not like putting people up on pedestals so much. You're just like, oh, this is just yeah, a really cool like, person who makes cool they, uh, I don't know, like uh, people, I don't, I don't consider myself like that successful or anything. And it kind of surprises me that like people are like, oh, wow, you do cool stuff and it's like oh what okay i mean sure <laughs> well you do though like for example that series you did the rabbit hole series blew me the fuck away how much work that you put into that to make all those assets and just like how how oh my god I don't know I've, if I've I'm going to do it hands. again you can't see it but i threw but it, it up my hands it was an experiment no that's okay but like that was like amazing because just knowing how how much that must have how much work that must have been, and plus it's like four parts because of how long it was. Yeah, like four well, it's hours actually probably closer to like I don't know eight hours or something because it was like because um, it was edited down. So, jeez, <laughs> oh, so it was like I I made it more concise so that because I realized that like oh people probably don't want to like wait for us to like him and haw about like where we should go next it's like i'll just cut some of this out um yeah no that's that makes sense like but that's kind of made it streamlined and like i don't know i just i really like that series everything you do is just very qu like, quality you know and that's so when you say you're like oh i don't think i'm that successful i'm like ah you've got a a a, a pretty decent following and i think it's I deserved i think People see that you put in a lot of work into what you make. Well, same and to you. It's admirable. It's like, heck yeah! It's like right back at you. <laughs> it's you know it's I'm I'm I can dish it out, but I can't take it. I'm really bad at taking compliments. Yeah, um, that's what people. that's what I know. I'm like like hey, you gotta give me some. I'm gonna give you some. It's like see how it feels, buddy. <laughs> Feel the love. It's like I'm I'm like super sincere, and then you're like, oh, you're really good too, and I'm like, oh. Uh, what do I say? Ah, uh, shit. Ah, uh, fuck. It's almost like, it's like the school bully that's like, not, sh you know, not sure, like, it's like, can't dish it out. It's like, well, thank you. Uh, really good compliment. I want to ask, what sparked the idea for Poke Fusions specifically? With, oh, with Poke, I think it was just like, um, I don't remember exactly what inspired it. I think it was just like, this would be dumb. And, like, I really enjoyed making, like, roll tables. So it was just like, hey, what would happen if, like, you know, like, we use dice in D&D. What if I just, like, rolled for monsters? That's so I, creative, though. And then you, like, made, you make, like, super interesting backstories. You don't just, like, do the stat blocks, but you, like, you craft a whole lore around them. And make yeah, them really what, unique. Because I like, I, I enjoy like BB, BBC documentaries about animals and stuff and like how they like describe an animal and what it does. And I'm like, what if that, but monsters though. So like. Why, why do you like monsters so much? You seem to be very much a, like a monster fan. I mean, they, 
they just nice. I don't know. It's just something that's like so innately ingrained in the human mind of just like thing that is just unexplained and scary, but like at the same time can is so mutable by like creativity and like I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's it's a uh creative enigma that you can just do anything with and I think that I appreciate that. Um you don't have to follow a specific formula. It just it don't make sense, but it cool. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. Uh I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I think what I really enjoy, especially with the ones that you make are like they feel real. Like they they don't feel like monsters most of the time unless they're like undead. Like if it's like a creature, it feels like an animal, like an animal with some supernatural ability or something like that. And I I find that to be really interesting yeah that's what i kind of like it's my like (laughs) uh fascination with like weird animal facts coming out where i would just like take it take an animal that exists and be like what if i make this into a DD mechanic i think i did that with um there are several creatures i did that with with the um there's like a uh parasitic um fish uh fish parasite that sort of attaches to a fish's tongue it basically eats it and uh <laughs> i use that for like the speech leech um so like <laughs> as inspiration for that and i just sort of like try to come up with mechanics that go around that that make sense you know depending on what's rolled and just be like oh okay this makes sense Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever thought about making like your own monster manual of like? Oh yeah. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't be able to say Pokemon. Right. That's co- where like, I'm trademark. kind of like people are like, oh, you should do like all of them and then make a manual about it. But I'm like, you realize how like cutthroat Nintendo is, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, if you don't mention it once in the entire manual, and it's just like these are some monsters. And, you know, you, like, avoid all those trademark terms. Then uh, if they said, oh, if, if Nintendo ever did get, like, up in your grills about it, you could just be like, well, this is clearly, you know, an inspiration of, of a thing, but it's not the same thing. Right. You can't, can't say that's copyright. Obviously, that's a risk you'd have to be ready and willing to take. Right. Um, <laughs> it's but, like, uh, are you ready I, to be sued? Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, maybe consult a, a legal expert. Right, doing exactly. Like I think, but I, I feel like it would be a really cool, I'd buy it, I think. Like, yeah, like I think I would just... enjoy doing that. Um, I just have to figure out how to do it in a way that doesn't anger either party. Um, like, right. usually Wizards of the Coast is more lax, you know, Unfortunately, like, I did decide to, like, um, have a spectator as my, like, persona, and that might be problematic down the line. I don't know. Um, usually they get, they get huffy about, like, specifically beholders, but I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, they're okay. I know that Wizards of the Coast are generally okay with supplemental third-party material, for right. their game as long as you're specifying this is for the you know 5e D or something like that so um i think I, there's definitely you could look up uh like exactly the parameters because i i did before too to kind of see like am i allowed to for example let's pretend 
that I'm super big. I'm like the next big thing and everybody loves my my animations or whatever. And like, all right, well, I want to sell like a t-shirt with a design on it. But maybe it's drawing inspiration from Curse of Strahd. Am I allowed to sell that t-shirt even though it has something that's the intellectual property of wizards? And probably not. They're like, well, no, kind of. Like you can make stuff for free. You can do all the fan stuff you want. They love that cuz it like well, yeah, it's like free it advertising for them. They love it. Yeah, but making money about on it is like there's special rules. Finger wag. But the uh yeah, yeah it's uh you could you can have it be D&D adjacent essentially. Um right. and any of the mythical cr- creatures that are obviously just taken from mythical, you know, origins um are completely fine. Um gray areas being like uh like you know, obviously beholders. That's their that's their main mascot. <laughs> so right, yeah. Um, beholders are extremely unique. Um, right to that that to to them. You know, you can, you don't have that in anything else. And like, but like you could do like roll twenty system is in the public domain, which is why Pathfinder exists. So like, a lot of people will make general role playing merchandise. Yeah, look at they'll be fine with that. You know, it's coming after them. So yeah, I do think like. Eventually, making a monster manual is is definitely what I'd love to do in the future. Um, however, <laughs> just doing it in a safe way, I suppose. For sure. What about like just this year? What are your goals? Um, surviving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fair. I like this. Uh, this year has been like. A waking, a waking nightmare. It seems like for a lot of us. Um, but like, yeah, uh, pretty much. Um, uh, as far as for goals for the channel, I'd love to uh, finally get out this D and D's story time that I've had for like sitting on the back burner for forever. Um, because it. Um, the reason why it's taking so long is because I'm trying to learn like, you know, actual animation technique, like 2D animation techniques. And instead of just relying on like still images and calling it animation. Yeah. I mean, and having them bounce I, between right. frame changes. Um, not to like, I, I'm, I'm deprecating all my previous stuff, not any other, like it's, it's all good. I'm not, no, that's I'm a, not popular, making a, you know, a lot of people do that. That's not like, <laughs> a bad thing. <laughs> But, uh, but it's something that I've always wanted to try and like, you know, to finally like finish the project and get it out there would be amazing. Um, because it's 2D animation has always been something that I've, you know, wanted to get better at and learn and like, um, and I picked a style that was like very simplistic. (laughs) So maybe, you know, it's. It's easier, at least. Learning yeah, curve is a little easier. I know you're you are so capable of making the most detailed stuff, and like you have to. But I, I want it to be to, finished like, in my lifetime, is right. <laughs> you have to like force yourself to not do as much detail. Like I have to do that for me, and my I'm very simplistic. Like I'm not even close to the level of detail that you get with your stuff, and I still have to like tone oh, no, it down. Yours is very detailed. I, tr- I don't want to hear it. You do color, full color backgrounds. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's like, to me, it's like not about like the level of resolution and detail, especially with like animated projects. Like to me, it's 
certainly like if the style is something that is very engaging and very you know beautiful uh that's that's the main thing it's not how like you can have the most photorealistic animation ever but if it doesn't capture like the essence of the story then what's the point um it's the same thing as like you know blank the original lion king movie versus the mm, <laughs> CG one that came out recently, in my eyes, at least. Yeah, I I have boy I've boycotted all of those <laughs> remakes. Oh no, I can't I can't with them. I mean, there are some okay ones like Jungle Book was pretty good. It's pretty good. I liked it. Um, I saw the Beauty and the Beast one. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm, like, I'm not gonna complain about them. They're they're okay, but like yeah, I f- yeah. so unnecessary. It's like, do they do know? they really need to have? I get I get what the point is. Is like it's a cheap movie, easy to make. It's already basically mostly written. It makes money no matter what. Um, it's safe so that maybe other fo- projects can be funded that are not so safe. I get it, but come on, <laughs> I can still complain about it. <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I mean, it, there's a business will always strangle art, and that's that's just that's just the reality. reality of it. Um, when you get, especially with a, a titan like Disney, when you get that big, it's run by the business execs. It's not run by the artists. Walt Disney yep. was one of those rare individuals where he was both an artist and a businessman, and he was able to kind of inject his art into his business, which was something that made Disney like kind of disney i mean it made it wonderful like the fact that disney world exists and it's this place where nothing bad ever happens that's something that you know it's a brainchild of this this artist right yeah walt disney's own kettle of fish as far as like (laughs) but it has evolved right it is no longer that idyllic like i mean never i guess you could argue never really was but like it is it has definitely evolved past what it used to be about Right, and it's just now this. It's become a juggernaut that, that consumes owns everything. Consumes yeah, corporations. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's very scary. All right, I want to I want to swap swap gears. Yeah, no Switch problem. Gears, shift gears. before before we get shut down by Disney. Yeah, before they they hear <laughs> their just... name being spoken too many times and decide that this is uh, <laughs> this is copyright infringement. I want to ask, how did you get? first introduced to the world of tabletop rpgs well i think it was like um like shows like table flip and like geek and sundry and stuff like that that where it was like online first um is when i was like first introduced that sort of first resurgence in like the probably 2010s so yeah, i'm, I'm like kind 20, of like a anywhere newcomer. from 2012 to like 2015 yeah like era. early early then um so and, and like board games were really taking off uh in, in new ways because it was a lot easier to uh learn about them because youtube was a thing if you wanted to like see about a game you could just see it being played and see if it was fun to play and like I, I think that's also the reason why Critical Role was such a, you know, keystone in reviving D and D. Right. But yeah, and uh, so it was like around then, like, uh, you know, like early early college years. Um, 
definitely, you know, played a lot of different um, tabletop games where we would go and like to the local game store and see what what they had or if they were playing games or demoing games and stuff like that was when it was, um, you know, really, really big for me, uh, at least. But I don't know. What about you? Like, when did when did you first get introduced to the hobby? <laughs> I uh, well, I actually learned about I kind of knew about D&D it, like in the background. I never really yeah, seriously same. considered engaging in it. Like, I, I don't know if you remember the Dexter's Laboratory episode where yeah, Dee Dee becomes the DM. Exactly. And she's like, you're walking and you're walking. <laughs> and he's like, uh, you're in a, a, a dungeon. Or no, he's like, you're in a forest. And it's like, I thought we were in a dungeon. Fine, dungeon forest. And like the background changes every time she says something. I thought that was really clever. And I really liked that episode. But like, I never thought further yeah, never about it. I never put the two together until later on. And I'm like, Oh, that's what it was about. It's like, I just thought it was this weird, like, thing they were doing. <laughs> right. And then, like, it wasn't... And I love board games and card games and stuff ever since I was a kid, because my dad used to play them with me all the time. Yeah. Um. But then, it, like, what was it? Like, 2009? Like, see, my senior year of high school... God, I'm fucking old. Um, I, it's okay. <laughs> I, like... <laughs> Same. <laughs> I talked to this, this new friend of mine I had met in, in class, because I was, like going to this sort of, uh, cl- it was like extra classes that you could take if you were in your, um, uh, junior or senior year of high school, where it's like in a different building, uh, where other high schools will send their students to for like advanced classes. Um, so I like went there and I w- was meeting new people who weren't in my high school, which is great. Cause like my high school is full of terrible people. So I like got into this other friend group from a different school because they were big nerds. And like I met this one kid who was talking about playing D and D or I guess Pathfinder at the time, and oh, nice. talking about this, it like he's like trying to solve this puzzle, and I'm like in class, like I'm like, all right, well, have you tried this? And I'm like trying to give him ideas to solve this puzzle. So I'm like implicitly playing D and D without even playing it, you know? Yeah, it's like your <laughs> pseudo DM, right? And I thought that was so cool. And then like a couple years later, I remember he invited me to play, and I was like. Nah, dude, I don't have time. It's all about Magic Gathering right now. Like it was 2011, I think, at this point. And I was like, super into Magic, but oh, I, I was, yeah, like, but I'm not huge. Then I'm not gonna play D and I'm not that big of a nerd. I'm like, oh, like what a stupid thought, you know? Like that's so yeah, dumb. Yeah, I, I get it though. Like I get it. Like people don't understand that. Like back in the day, like nerds weren't cool right so like yeah you, you were self-conscious to be seen as like you know indulging in something that you liked which is very ironic and stupid and like don't do that okay yeah it's don't not it's not worth mistakes. it trying to hide your like true interests and true self from other people because you fear how you're going to be seen at the expense of you liking the things that you like is just not worth it i mean unless yeah. you live in some crazy barbaric community that like kills nerds like maybe then keep it secret maybe yeah maybe then like be safe hopefully you don't though and you should just be yourself man fly your flag you know um yeah but like what happened with me i guess was like eventually i think it was around 2013 i uh knew some people from when i was playing magic i would play like friday night magic i met some people and i would go there to play magic and they invited me to play a system called world of darkness have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. 
Uh, have you heard of Vampire the Masquerade? Yes. <laughs> that's the world. It's called the World of Darkness, and that's oh. one variant where you can play as a vampire. But they okay. have other ones, like Werewolf the Chosen and Changeling the whatever. And so there's all these different books that allow you to play as different race slash classes. And, like, you can have them all in the same, like, setting if you want. So they got this guy to DM and... uh or to storytell because it's the storyteller and i played a werewolf who i put like points in partial transformation and i i thought this was kind of neat i thought i'd play like a video game and so i went to go like rob a store and someone else was playing like a uh, some detective with like a, a like a ghost partner like their ghost ally right nice and so in this world the only people that can see ghosts are these types of like bonded people like this detective and fucking werewolves so like the ghost said something and i responded and then they both looked at me like what you can see him i'm like yeah can everybody like <laughs> i was just like oh yeah sure and that's when i got the first taste of like how fun role playing could be yeah and i was hooked at that point i was like oh shit and i contacted that friend from before i'm like hey are you guys playing uh pathfinder or something he's like actually we are starting up a game i'm like i want in <laughs> Oh yeah, like I think I've I've told the story before, but like my my first game of D and D like didn't go as well. Like we had a couple like veteran players and and kind of a a DM that was like a little bit wishy washy um, with things. And then the second time that um, <laughs> I tried, I was like, okay, it didn't go so well the first time, but maybe maybe next time it'll be fine. It was with a different DM, and, like, essentially it was just a trap-heavy dungeon. Just imagine, like, nothing. Basically, like, Gary Gygax... Gy 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 a Gary Gygax Tomb of Horrors type. Yeah. Yeah. Like, essentially that. And it was just like, this is not a... Is this, is this game supposed to be fun? <laughs> it was... Um, it was pretty bad, but, uh, you know, so I was turned off of D&D for a while, um, thinking like, man, this just seems like, like a video game. Like, what is, what, why do people like this? You know, like, and so after, and that's the reason why after seeing, um, like it being played on, like in different, you know, media, like critical role and podcasts and things like, oh wait, this game can be fun. DMs were just dicks. <laughs> yeah, no, your DM is it, that's such a huge deal. Yeah, you know, like, it's such a huge, huge deal to like make a, you know, like make that first you know bite like good, you know, like instead of just being like, okay, here's some numbers, all right. <laughs> it's it's been said on on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. Like bad D and D is worse than no D&D. &D. Like, right. just not playing D&D &D and pining for it is, you're, it's gonna hurt a little bit because you're not playing it and you really want to, and I understand that, I really do. But trust me, it's way better than having a DM that just doesn't give a shit about your backstory or is, you're in their fucking world and it's it's their rules and you're just, you're just, a, uh, you're just watching. Like, yeah. you're basically yeah. on a railroad the whole time. Like, that shit isn't fun. And then there's the horror stories, which luckily... Uh, well, I do have a couple actually. But oh, do you have ask. some good ones? I want to hear. I want to hear the. Do you want? Do you want to share a horror, st a horror story? <laughs> yeah. This is a all right. So, okay. I uh, um had a DM at one point. We were playing Pathfinder, 
Mm-hmm. And I had we had a, a group of people that were playing. Some people had to leave. So I invited my friend from work, who is a nerd, like a video game nerd. She loves video games, but she never played D&D. And I was like, hey, my buddy is running this campaign. I can help you make your character. We could do basically whatever you want. You have total freedom. We'll make what you want. And we could put that into the world and introduce you. She's like, yeah, sure. So we made her this thing. I, I think it was like a, like a cat folk of some kind. It was really like unique character. And she, she gets into the, uh, the world. Oh, no, I was DM. Excuse me. No, oh, I was DMing, DM. but one of the players did something not okay. This is what happened. Uh-oh. Okay, so, yes. Yeah, so I'm sorry. So, I was inviting her to play in, in my thing. And so, I was. I ripped the story of Sam, Seven Samurai, where it was like, they're low level, but not like, I think they were like level three, maybe. So, they're not like, you know, level one or anything. And I had them show up at this village because uh, these these farmers are going to be raided by bandits. And they need, you know, heroes to help them out. And they all they could afford were to hire these this party, right? So I was going to have them just basically kind of figure out how they were going to defend the town. And they had, like, free reign to set up their own defenses, strategies to fight these bandits. They know what direction they're going to come from. They could send a scout to kind of feel out how many there's going to be. And, like, that all went well. That was all going fine. I mean, it sounds but, like a solid session. Right. But... So here, but here's a detail about uh, this player I invited. She happens to be black, and the people I play with happen to be white. Oh, no. Shouldn't be a big deal, but for Uh-oh. one player, apparently he couldn't keep his trap shut about it. And uh, he, I, I, I drawn portraits of uh, the NPCs, and one character was like betraying the town. In like he was like a, a spy for the bandits or whatever. So he was going to run off and warn the bandits of the about the heroes, but the heroes intercepted him and beat the crap out of him, right? And so I like for fun, I redrew his his face to have like a puffed up lip and a black eye and to just look like he got beat up. Mm-hmm. Well, this player decided to make a comment about the lip that was racial in nature as a joke. And what? I just stared at him. Nobody laughed. I just stared at him. And he, like, it didn't it dawn on him at first, because he was still laughing from his own joke, what well, he just oh, said. Wait. Oh, God. And I'm like, I, I was speechless. I was, I was like, who, how did you, what an how asshole. did you think that that was an okay joke to make? Like, eventually, oh, well, I don't gosh. remember how that, did, how that ended. I talked did, with her. Yeah, she did had, you apologize for, uh, I mean, like... It, I, well, I apologize for apologize. sure. And she yeah. was like, I'm not mad at you. I just, I don't know him. Like, you know, this was, we were talking on the phone later about this. And she was yeah. like, I don't know him. Like, like, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you made that joke. I'd be okay with it. But like, I don't know who he is. So I don't know what his intentions are when he does that. So I'm, I don't think I'm coming back. And I'm like, that's understandable. I'm oh, so sorry that's that that happened. Oh, so sad. Yeah. Uh, and he apologized too, because he realized that that was stupid. But it's like. It's a little too little too late, man. You can't just no, whip jokes like, out like that and think it's fine. Like Especially you when build... you like immediately like laugh at your own joke about it. Like that's a little Like yeah. yeah. And and that that gets into territory of people who, you know, they want to relax and just have fun. But the thing is when they relax, they let down their walls and start making really rude or offensive comments because that's where their sense of humor is at. And it's like Yeah, it's and then, like, you know, the thing is that, like, a lot of times, like, D&D will bring out, like, 
a different side of yourself. And like, it's one way D and D can be therapy where you kind of let out, um, you know, some of your insecurities or so, like let, let, uh, let yourself go essentially. And sometimes that can be a great way to overcome some like emotional baggage that you've had. Other times it can bring out some really bad stuff. Yeah, I mean it's basically kind of it, therapy mm, with game rules. <laughs> right, exactly. And uh yeah, I've noticed that too where sometimes when you're like playing with someone and you didn't realize this aspect about their personality and you're just like, "Oh, um Oof. And you know, it's not even that I didn't know that he he enjoys that kind of humor. Like, and this was years ago, by the way. This wasn't like yesterday. Um, but like, you know, you can relax. It is possible to relax yeah, and have yeah. fun with people, and still be mindful of what you say, and still be mindful of how other people might take what you say. Just because you enjoy humor doesn't mean everyone else will enjoy. It. I had to learn this a hard way. I went through an edgy phase where I loved like offensive humor, and then you know. I tried to share some of this humor. Like I, I played a YouTube video of like this podcast I used to listen to to my friends and like nobody laughed and that fucking hurt. That was painful because they looked at me oh, God, like you worse. like this shit. And I'm like, there's... uh, oh God, it's like the worst feeling of like showing people a like you're like, oh, this is so like I love this YouTuber and it's like here it is. And then the, it's just like a silent room while they're watching Oof. it. It's just like, yeah, but oh, it also it made oh, me no. self reflect like, <laughs> why do I enjoy this humor so much? Like, what what is it about it? And I realize it's not even the the offensive part of it. It's like I just love absurdity and a lot. You can get achieve very absurd humor with just offensive things but you can also get absurdity without that like it doesn't require it to be hurtful to others to be absurd and once i realized that that's mm-hmm. what i like i i didn't feel as though i needed to seek out that sort of humor anymore and i stopped listening to stuff like that right it's like it's it's kind of hard to find like comedians that like don't you know poo poo on everyone else it's which is sad but that's certainly a comedy that seems to resonate with a lot of people and is very popular. Right. Well, I mean, I, 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 for comedians, I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't try to like put forth rules on how comedians should tell jokes. I just judge them individually and think, I don't think they're funny or I don't think that's funny or yeah, like, you exactly. know, I, I, you know, cause some people say, well, the purpose of comedy is to push boundaries. And I'm like, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. That's a philosophical debate that can be had. I don't actually know if that's necessarily true. I'm not going to argue for or against it, but like, mm-hmm. I, I will just say that maybe this person's funny, maybe they're not. And, you know, and I'll try to like, if I think that maybe they might also be offensive and I find them funny, I'll try to like zero in on, obviously it's not the offensive thing. Cause I don't like that. So what is it about them? That's funny. You know? Yeah. Which I, which I, yeah, I agree with. It's like everyone has their own brand that they ascribe to. Which is very uh, true. And I think that's also why obsession zeros are important. I didn't know it back then, but I know it now. Like, Oh, heck yeah. Especially when you're bringing on someone new, like a session zero is so, so important. You gotta oh set gosh. forth those expectations. Even, or even like a one shot. And like, this is like something that's important. It's like where there's just no, like, um, like there's... Essentially, just no ties, no, no, no worries, no anything. Just like, okay, we're gonna show up for this one session, and then we're gonna do this thing, and just to see how they are as players. Because 
sometimes when you sign up for a year-long campaign and then there's you know one person that's just like rubbing everyone the wrong way you can either boot them or just yeah it's mm. it's it sucks too because like you don't want it to come to that you know you don't want to boot somebody it's easier when it's a one shot because like you just wait till the end of the session and you don't have to play again with those people right and then you're just like yeah we had a great time like just just gonna like just gonna like not do this again right yeah, I mean, you can, you, it's your freedom to make that decision, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you don't owe anyone an explanation for why you don't want to play either. That's, like, up to you as well. But it's, I don't know uh, if that's, like, the coward's way out, but it seems like the most non-confrontational that, way Yeah, I was going to say. It's not confrontational. You don't want to necessarily com- uh, be confrontational with people, especially, like, if it's someone you're playing with and you don't dislike them, but you just don't really... Their style of play and your style of play just don't jive, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, you just... Just don't play, you know. Um, with like a campaign, that, again, you like don't the credo have... is you know like bad D and D. You know, it's like it's worse than no D and D. Exactly. And with a campaign, you don't have the luxury of just. I mean, you can dip out whenever, I suppose. But if you want to see, if you're invested in your character and you're invested in everyone else else's characters, and you want to see this story to its fruition, to see it like develop and and finish. And one person is just making it less like if that one person wasn't an issue, then you got to talk to your DM, you know, about your issues with this person. And that DM has to make a decision. And if right. that DM is refusing to get rid of the person who is ruining your fun for whatever reason, you have to make the decision of whether it's worth it to stay in the game. Yeah, whether it's not worth it to stay around. Right. And I, it's like, eh. You can also try talking to that person, too, if you think that an open dialogue might be fruitful you know maybe that person just doesn't understand you know i mean that's the thing that's what happened with my friend like they just didn't understand where the line was i get it you miss social cues but still you know yeah these dialogues have to happen you can't just you can't just assume oh well because i i have trouble with social situations i can say whatever i want like no (laughs) you gotta learn you just gotta maybe make a little bit more of an effort right most people but yeah, it's 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 definitely tough. It it's funny though. Like it, we, I feel like D and D like sessions run into that a lot because as nerds, we're maybe not the most social butterflies. You know, we don't know what's going on. True. Like it's talking is hard. Okay, like interacting with people is hard. <laughs> it's it doesn't come naturally to most of us who enjoy this type of hobby. You know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just on a limb here, but like no, I think there's truth in that. I agree. Um, Uh, I'm like one of the things I like about this podcast is because I get to talk about stuff I like. Yeah, and I don't talk about this enough with people in my real life. So I find nerds online. I go, hey, let's talk about this shit. Like it's just you know, it's much more enjoyable to do that uh, in this format, in this setting, a one-on-one or maybe even like a three-person like conversation is fine. Yeah. But like when I'm in my real life, like with a group of people, I'm way less outgoing. Exactly. We, people don't realize necessarily that we put on a little bit of a persona when we make videos just to be like, because I feel like, you know, in actuality, my, you know, usual self is more, it's a little more quiet. It's not, not necessarily as like rambunctious or like 
you know, assertive and I don't know, <laughs> charismatic as what it comes off on screen. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a nerdy mess, and that's okay. Um, but like, yeah, it's yeah, it it's just yeah, but that's okay. Um, it's okay. I mean, that's not a requirement of uh, being a nerd is being sociable. You know, it's just D and D's nice though. Because if, like, if your problem, let's say, is anxiety, uh, or social anxiety specifically, D&D can help you work through that. Oh, yeah, because exactly. Because you're in a place with, let's say, people you trust, and you're you're not, it's not you, it's the characters, right? So it's like you're working through that, through your characters. It's not going to solve the issue. It doesn't make these things go away, but it gives you, it gives you practice and, and a way to, like, cope and deal with that stuff other than just maybe taking meds for it, you know? Like, it helps you sort of you know i don't know i i just it's therapy essentially you know it's therapy yeah i definitely feel like um dd helped a lot with like my depression and anxiety where i was just like i was it was not a fun time and i didn't have like a lot of people to talk to or even like you know i didn't want to like bother people with these problems and like uh so instead i could just be like well i can't necessarily solve my real life problems but at least like this uh story in game like i can um help and participate with and it's kind of again it's like it's therapy and you can play out these things or even like address different problems you're having um you know through your character in a sense and uh a lot of uh you know, internal things that I've struggled with, you know, I've addressed with my characters and like, especially like with Grey, just coming to terms with like, you know, I, uh, <laughs> you know, coming to terms with the fact that I'm trans, you know, or coming to terms with the fact that I'm, you know, not necessarily straight and a lot of other things that I've grappled with, with life. And, uh, it's, it's an easy way to to let those themes play out. I don't know. For I don't sure. know. Have you sort of come to any like realizations like through playing a character or so? Like Oh yeah. With things. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I didn't realize this uh until very recently actually, but like almost all of my characters are asexual or just aromantic. Just no, yeah. very few. Very few are interested in romance at all. Partially because I'm so uncomfortable with like romance in at all. So like we're having to role play flir- flirting, even as like pretend. Ugh, that's oh no, god, yeah. I can't. I can't do it. Like <laughs> I can try, and it, I, I guess if I'm like an over the top character, if I, if the character's more removed from myself, more disassociated from me, like like a crazy sort of like class clown type character, it's a lot easier to just pretend if they're like. Like I had a character that I played in a one shot with um some other YouTubers actually Aiden was in it nice. and he, he's like this sort of like pompous thrill seeker and all he loves to do is just he just wants to do anything that's gonna make his adrenaline rush and at one point the DM had the um uh the we were at the like this party in this mansion right and the lady of the house decided that she fancied my character in a smooth talking ways so i decided to challenge myself to to try and flirt with this character 
And my reasoning was not because he's necessarily super attracted to her, although I, in, in the game she was meant to be that way, but it's a she's married and it's a thrill to oh god <laughs> to sleep with another man's wife. Oh no. He's not, yeah, right. So like he that was his main reasoning. So he like I did it. I was able to get through that by looking at it from that angle instead, which was a lot easier for me. And so like, yeah, I guess this, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on my podcast yet, but I am on the ace spectrum and a spectrum. Yeah. not fully either of those. I'm like Demi both definitely Demi romantic, still kind of figuring out the demisexual nice, I'm thing. Also Demi. So there you go. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's. Yeah, that's uh, that's also it's it's what it's makes role playing like different characters that are nothing like yourself, kind of like a nice revelation because sometimes you, it's a way of figuring things out and figuring out who you are as a person when you're playing characters that you're not necessarily, especially ones that are, and it can help you even like characters that are more maybe more socially inclined may can may can help you out right. to become maybe that way a little bit better in real life just just through practice you know yeah literally it is just practice um even if the situations are different you pick up on those you know moments and so when you're faced with something more real you have options that you've already kind of gone through while while playing a game that you can now utilize that sort of uh attitude or whatever in this situation yeah you can use you can use fantasy abilities in real life i can shoot fireballs now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's just yeah i can pick locks and steal things it's amazing get away wow. from the town guard oh i forgot about guns whoops, whoops. <laughs> um but yeah like it's i i definitely have come to some some realizations about myself through characters and like i think something that bleeds into all my characters is this uh desire to like survive and not win i guess that's not really the right term but like i'm constantly after the happy ending and i'm generally trying to avoid the unhappy endings. oh i'm, the, and so, I'm like the opposite it's kind of hilarious like <laughs> like with all my characters i want to watch them burn <laughs> it's like that's beautiful it's just they're a firework that you just can't wait to light off. <laughs> I don't know if, like, I, it's just some sort of, like, something, like, psychologically, like, bad, where it's just, like, no, I just want to, like, it's, like, like essentially a kid um, taking a magnifying glass to an anthill, and I'm just seeing what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... It, I love to overload my characters with so many flaws that it's just like, it's kind of amazing if anything like comes of it, if they are even able to overcome their own problems. Um, Cause sometimes they do. And then it's those moments that are just like, Whoa, what? Right. It's amazing I, kind of thing. You know, but I've realized recently after I've been able to finish a few campaigns that it's not that I'm after a happy ending. I'm after a happy or not happy, but a fulfilling journey. Yeah. And the end can be whatever, as long as it makes sense for the character. And like, I think that's, that was a big realization is that acceptance of like the characters would die all the time 
back when I was like playing Pathfinder. But a lot of times they die so early on, it felt it's shitty because I never got a chance to really get into this character. Yeah, and it's but like when you get to oh sorry no 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 it's like you got to cultivate those relationships so you can you know watch them crumble. Right, so the death can mean something, you know, like, or when you get to the point where you've you don't care if you survive anymore, like that that was a big deal, like that happened with, uh, well, I don't want to say who whose characters these happened with, maybe because they might be in future videos, but you know, this happened with several characters that I've played where I stopped focusing on survival and started focusing on a goal or a mission, and survival be damned. If I die, I die. You Heck know, yeah. or, Get go or, for or whatever. And that's like, that's kind of liberating in a way. Because it's like you're ready to let go of this character if need be. You're ready to like, if they die, you know, move on. Yeah. And it's like, especially if they, they, your character would canonically, you know, like, it makes sense for them to care about the other uh, characters they form such a strong relationship with. And it can be moving. And like, there could be tears at the table. Like, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I love those and, moments. And I think as a side effect, it's those characters where I actually learn something about myself. And once I've gained that from the character, I'm ready to let them go. So, like, the whole, like, sexual orientation thing, like, that happened. And then once I, I started to, I was like, oh, my God, am I, what the, what the hell's, is there are words for this? And, like, I started, like, looking it up and, and figuring it out. And then once I felt like I was closer to or on the right path to figure it out, like, maybe I, I hadn't, you know, settled yet, but, like, I was I was asking the right questions. Then I was ready to, like, let that character go because I realized that I, I got what I needed from it. Yeah. And it's just sort of – it's it's great. With, the, with that, though, like, what character specifically was it that made you realize that or – you don't have to give it away if you don't want to. I can. I'll. I'll give it away because I did. I did reveal this on Twitter and on my Patreon. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, Ophelia from my series. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you... She's she's ace, and like I kind of knew that implicitly, but I never wrote the words asexual on her character sheet. Right. And in fact, most characters I made were this way, and I just thought this was just like how I make characters. Yeah. And yeah, I get that. It wasn't until Ophelia that I realized, like, I, where, where, where I started asking the question, like, why do I always make my characters this way? And then I started to self-reflect. And then you you're know? just like, okay, yeah, that's, was there any, like, particular moment that sort of led you to sort of believe, like, <laughs> okay, wait a second, like, this, 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 this is hidden yeah, different, there, you know? There... Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, and it's a little bit of a tiny spoiler, but like... Yeah, I don't mean so to give away too much like, if it was it's any, later on. Anyone who's listening to this will most likely not remember. That's so all good. I don't, I'm not worried. But like, there's a point where uh, this other character, this NPC, is kind of smitten with Ophelia. And the party's sort of poking fun at her because they both have sort of a goth aesthetic. And like, oh, you guys are a cute couple, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the NPC's getting very embarrassed, and Ophelia's just rolling her eyes, like, could you all please just shut up? Like, this is... Because she wants to talk to this character because they are also a wizard, like her, and they, she wants to do, like, a spell exchange. Mm -hmm. But they're all, like, make it, oh, you want to be alone so you can kiss him or some, some <laughs> shit. And, like, it was just... I didn't realize it at the time, but I was getting personally annoyed 
like Shane was getting annoyed. Like, why would you assume that about her? That's not what she wants. But then I'm like, why am I so annoyed about this? And then I'm like, maybe this isn't about Ophelia. And like, like I started to think about it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, and it had nothing to do with like um, gay or straight orientation. It was just, it was just the presence of attraction at all. Like, like why, why is that a thing? And I, and I started thinking about how like other people I've played with love to do like role play where they flirt with other characters and they have PC and PC relationships and stuff. They love doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, that's foreign to me. I don't get it. I just can't understand why you'd want to do that. Yeah, I sometimes I'll occasionally do that as a joke, you know, or sometimes if I do it, it's in a more like, like romantic way where it's not necessarily with the implication of sex or anything. Yeah, yeah. If it's, you know, there are there are moments where I'm able to. But again, that's the demi side of yeah, me. Exactly. Where it's like if I'm if it's way into a campaign. And like these characters have been through a lot, then it's more, I'm more readily able to role play that, and I wouldn't, and I don't mind it so much. Yeah, uh, but that rare, that rarely. I also feel like like it's happens. weird because like I can I can see behind the curtain, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, am I like flirting with the DM right now for sex? This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's why I'm always like, once it gets to a certain point. I, I don't care who's the DM. I say fade to black. Fade, fade like, to I'm black. Not, <laughs> We're not describing this. <laughs> I'm not role, role playing this. It's not happening. This isn't community, okay? All right. <laughs> Where everyone just starts taking notes. That's not happening. Oh, God. You know. All right. It's like, this is pivotal to the plot. Very pivotal. All right. But. I think, uh, yeah, I, I guess I have one last question for you. Yeah. Before, before we're finished here. And. This is another example of shifting gears here, but I think it's just as important as everything we talked about today. I need to know, what are your three favorite Pokemon? Three favorite Pokemon? Jesus. I... That's too hard, man. Listen, this is the most important question I'm going to ask you today, so uh, I, I'm going to need some answers. Man. I gave you the option of picking three instead of just That's, one. It changes constantly, so I don't even know. Like, uh, um... Do I get a certain gen or like, is there like specific, or is it just any? Just, why don't, why don't you just pick three that you like and they can all be from the same or different gens. It doesn't really matter. They don't have to be the top, top three, but they can be in your, like your top 15, top 20 or whatever. Mm. Highlight three for us. Oh God. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but like, uh, first probably coming to mind is Trap Inch just because it's like so doofy. It's so cute. It's just like, who designed you? It's just like, who? <laughs> you do not. Also, uh, what you evolve into. This does not compute. This doesn't follow. Well, I guess because it's like it, uh, like it, yeah, it goes from an ant lion to like a dragonfly. That doesn't quite make sense, but but most Pokemon don't make sense. Like like Ramoraid and Octillery. Like they're supposed to be based on guns, but it's like a fish into an octopus. I mean, it's like okay. It's, all right, all right then. All right, we're going with it. Um, so we'll say trap inch. Um, oh god, this is hard. I just looked up ant lion, and I didn't realize that there was actually a real world analog to oh yeah, the like and they're, Vibraba. they're real. They're, that's a real bug. Oh my and god, and Vibraba is just a dragonfly nymph. So oh my god, yeah, it's probably just the larval form of a dragonfly, really. Like the pre 
you know, form. Um, I guess, yeah. yeah. Oh my, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Most Pokemon are like based on real animals, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I figured there was something going on um, with the with the dragonflies, but I didn't think the larva looked like that. That, uh, that surprised me. Okay, like, man, it's hard. I really, um, <laughs> I like Golurk a lot. Golurk is really cute. Golurk is very cool. It's just like this, it's just this big, it's like a Gundam, but like kind of one that kind of fell apart. It's just this misshapen lump of rocks that's just like, I'm here, I'm here to help you. I'm going to take By off way, with I'm my little rocket ghost. boots. So, it's so Japan, it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, and as a classic, maybe, maybe as the last one, Gyarados, just because... It's it's just a good Pokemon. It's just like it's a great design too. I used to draw Gyarados as a kid. All yeah, the time. I did too. Like that that and Charizard, obviously. The Charizard's been getting too much love lately, and I'm just like, I'm I'm kind of done. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit. It's not. I don't want to say it's not cool to love Charizard anymore because that's not nice to Charizard. But, but, but we're saying that. I'm sorry. There are so many other Pokemon. You can't just focus on only Charizards. Um, you know. But yeah, I used to draw Gyarados like the mouth. I would just draw like a rectangle and like little teeth, like because that's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's like a rectangle that's been punched and like dented. Yeah, inside. it's perfect. Um, it's like if you want to draw Gyarados today, there, here's some tips. So we got Trapinch, Golurk, and Gyarados are are your yeah. top three better than everything else. Pokemon. No, like there's <laughs> definitely like a lot more than that. It's just those are the ones that came to mind first. But um, I mean, that's a pretty diverse spread there. Yeah, you got Gen One, Three, and Five. What about you, huh? What's your favorites? Put you on the spot. I don't. I don't have to answer my own questions. Ah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you. I, I, I think I, I said this on a previous podcast with I think Vitamin Dieter because we talked a lot about Pokemon. But my absolute favorite, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is Crobat. Crobat's a good one. Crobat's really yeah, good. Like, you, in order to get Crobat, you have to go into Mount Moon or wherever where everyone complains about Zubats. You gotta love that drowning Zubat in Zubats so hard until it becomes a beautiful baby. But that's the thing. You you pick a Zubat and you go, you and me, we're going to be best fucking friends. And then you like raise that Zubat with love and care. And eventually, you know, it comes a Golbat. But if you raise it well enough, the next level, it's a Crobat. It doesn't stay Golbat for long. Yeah, it gets, it, it's like, you know, it's puberty, all right? You get, it's like, <laughs> got that uggo phase before it like becomes beautiful. <laughs> Crobats are just, and their stats are really nice too. So like if you're into like yeah, the mechanical so side of Pokemon, they're like really well balanced. They're a poison flyer that have like pretty decent poison attacks. Like, I love, I love them. They're very. I feel like they're one of the most reliable Pokemon. Yeah, I think I would always have a Crobat whenever I played uh, Gen Two uh, Gold Silver. Yeah, so I, it's a good Pokemon. They're so good. They're the, they're amazing. And I, it really bugs me that you can't in Fire Red, which is after Gen Two, you can't get. Crobats until after you beat the Elite Four and like unlock these other islands, and then you get the National Vex, and then you can get them. I'm like, I hate that. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You're just locking it for no reason. Just let me get a Crobat, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then it's good, it's good stuff. And then if we're going second best, would or second favorite would be Gallade. Oh, which is the uh, you know Ralts yeah. and Curlia, and then she either becomes Gardevoir or Gallade. Yeah, the the male and form I, of Gardevoir. Uh, 
good yeah, horror line. I, I like both personally, but Gallade is like a knight and something about like a knightly Pokemon that's chivalrous and will protect you. I really like that. I like its design, except for it's like, although it does have like nice hips for a guy Pokemon, which I can, I can understand. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it literally a cylinder. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what are you wearing an inner tube? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's beautiful. I just, I think it's a really cool design and I also want to make like a team of knights now that like you can have sir fetched and there's poniard or bisharp i mean yeah uh so like you can make it work and i definitely want to do that at some point is make like a bunch of knight pokemon in, in one party bisharp always reminds me of a power ranger and it's like beautiful <laughs> i love that i love that design it's like an evil power ranger <laughs> they remind me of basically like an action figure that's super dense and heavy and just has blades yeah all over it. it's adorable uh, All right, last one. What last you- one, and this is purely for aesthetic reasons and nostalgia from the show, but Squirtle. Oh, yeah, Squirtle's real cute. The fact I mean, that they, he wears Kamina glasses and leads a fucking gang, I will never forget the Squirtle Squad for as long as I live. Never They're forget. Amazing. <laughs> Hashtag Squirtle Squad. <laughs> Hashtag Squirtle Squad. They're so cool. And I've yeah. got like a little plush like keychain squirtle on my backpack and i carry it with me and like whenever i go somewhere if there's like kids they're like pokemon i'm like yeah like yeah i like pokemon i'm cool (laughs) yeah i'm 29 years old (laughs) (laughs) it's all good Uh, what am i doing with my life i know it's all good uh i I feel the same way whenever it's like i I like pokemon still but i'm like 27 it's 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 uh should i is it although the most recent gin uh, may, maybe i don't like pokemon as much well i it's it's i stopped playing after x and y because Fair. uh you know what hold on let's do, i don't do think you i mind? ever i i don't think i finished sun and moon i don't think i thought i think i never got through the tutorial hell that was that game <laughs> yeah yeah i i've heard some things about about that one uh, side note: Do you do you have time to just chat for a little bit longer after after the podcast here? Oh yeah, sure, that's fine. All right, so here's what I'm going to do, everyone. I want to thank you for listening to podcasts and players with Just Jackdaw. Uh, you can find him on Twitter and on YouTube and on Instagram. Uh, I think Heck they're all yeah. the same, right? Just Just Jackdaw. Yeah, it's just Just Jackdaw. Yep, you can find his stuff. Please follow, like, subscribe, hit the bell. Do all that good stuff. Yeah, do yeah, and like check out all of Cool Shane's awesome content. It's good. Hit that bell. Slap it. <laughs> don't slap your computer. Don't actually. We're not. We're not liable for you. Don't you damages. don't have to, you don't have to try and pimp me out. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but I want to say uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk with uh, just a little bit more about Pokemon. And if you don't mind, Jess. If, uh, I could continue recording and then maybe release that on Patreon. So if people want to hear about our Pokemon talk, oh, that's they can, fine. Yeah, they can find it on Patreon. A little, little extra bonus content for people if they they're interested. Heck yeah! But uh, thank you for being All on right. the show with us. Yeah, it's good. I had a good I say, time. I, I say us like I'm multiple people. Thanks for being on the show with me. <laughs> but yeah, it's the ro- the royal us, I suppose. <laughs> it is the royal us. Me and my collection of dice. 